The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest, W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Episode three, again, Tuesdays are for the T. We are bringing that GEO into this week. If you don't know what that means, it's good energy only. I coined it and honestly, I love it. So bring the GEO with me into this week. I've been making some progress since last week, actually. I have been implementing more of like a morning routine, like I told you guys I wanted to do. And also, I've just been waking up and choosing to be happy. That sounds so lame. But honestly, um, you know, it's just a choice. You just wake up and instead of like looking at the day with dread, you're like, look at this beautiful day ahead of me. What am I going to get done today? So that's kind of the energy that I've been bringing into my days and hopefully you could bring it into your week ahead. Um, Some personal life updates before we get into things. I got curtain bangs you may have seen on my Instagram or TikTok or if you're watching on YouTube. Um, I got curtain bangs the last time I got my hair cut. I just had the woman cut like a few little pieces in the front, but they weren't substantial enough. So when I went to go get a trim last week, I was like, let's just do it. And I'm having an identity crisis. Half the time I feel like I look like I have a mullet and then half the time I'm like, wow, I am so chic. So I'm still learning how to figure them out. But as of right now, I think it's a good decision. Um, I also booked summer trips. I started just feeling like the coronavirus heaviness and I don't know what the situation with the vaccine is going to be like. So if I can't for some reason have the vaccine before summer, which God forbid, like I hope we all are vaccinated by then. But if for some reason I don't have the vaccine by then, my parents aren't going to want me to be like staying with them at my shore house every weekend because I'll be putting them at risk. So I started kind of freaking out and being like, what am I going to do this summer if I can't go to my shore house? I don't want to be stuck in the city. So I went rogue and I booked a hotel in Nantucket for a long weekend with my friends, just um, three nights. It's like rather pricey. You have to fly there. The hotels are expensive. But at this point, I don't even care. Um, I feel like I've spent no money these days because we're not getting new clothes. We're not doing anything. Um, Then I booked Montauk and I love Montauk, also expensive, which, you know, Again, I'm just willing to take this hit to my bank account for a little mental clarity. So these things have to kind of be booked in advance because with Corona specifically, I feel like people are booking their summer plans ahead of time. So I just wanted to like be ahead of the curve. Um, And last week, it was a more serious topic here on Tea with Publicity. We talked about anxiety. And this week, we're going to get to the good stuff. I won't keep you guys waiting anymore for my dating horror stories or just dating in general. And like I've mentioned, I've been single for a while now. My therapist um, last week told me that I've been married to my work. And you know what? I don't disagree. It's not a coincidence that when I started running my brand's publicity full-time is when I basically stopped dating uh, because I, I just feel like that's where all my energy went. I was stressed and, you know, 
there definitely is a connection there, which is just funny. And now I am back in a more stable job, I would say, because I'm coming to an office. I'm not having to like fend for myself as you do when you're an entrepreneur on your own. And yeah, I just, I, although I haven't been dating super recently and we're also in a global pandemic, can we drink every time I say pandemic or COVID or quarantine because it's getting old, but that's just the the nature of the situation. But anyway, I obviously haven't been dating because of that and whatever. So although I don't have super new dating stories, except one thing I'll be touching on that was kind of recent, that doesn't mean that I didn't used to date like crazy. And I have so many horror stories that I really just wanted to share with you guys today because sometimes I can't even believe that this shit happened to me. So let's get into it. Okay. Enter, uh, what should I call him? Enter, hmm, I'm trying to think of a code name because it's just easier. Um, Frank. Okay, good code name. Enter Frank. He was everything you wanted on paper, you know? Life of the party, came from money, went to a good college, played a sport in college, worked in finance. You know, the type that I was looking for when I just graduated was that. Now I've strayed, you know, like all these like preppy finance guys. That's who I thought I wanted. So most of these stories detail men with those traits. That's not necessarily what I'm looking for anymore. But anyway, Frank, he was great. Except he had this little issue where the second he got a drink in his system, he would pee the bed. And the first time it happened, we were at my apartment. We went to the bar. We were drinking. I was drunk too, but like not peeing the bed drunk. We get to my apartment. He pees in my bed. He bounces in the morning, leaves his watch behind And I'm stuck with a puddle and a watch. And like you think that would be every red flag for me to never talk to him again. Oh, nope. Kept talking to him as if nothing happened. This is like, you know, 23 fresh out of college. And um, we were back at his place one night. Peed the bed again. Like I'm saying every single time he drank, he peed. And it's like this is dirty. And also I can't live like this. So... Yeah, he was an interesting character and I kept just kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt because he was fun and I was in that point of my life where I wasn't looking for a husband. I was just looking for a good time and I think the final straw was when I went out to a bar at the Jersey Shore called the Parker House. If you're from Jersey, you know, home of the preppiest men and my sister was there with me and I was like, Jackie, you have to come meet Frank. And she's like, oh, which one is he? And I like hear a crowd, you know, cheering someone on. And I look and I'm like, um, he's that one. And there he is in all his glory doing a mangina at the bar. I'm talking penis balls tucked between the legs, full mangina out at the bar, pants down, penis tucked. (laughs) And my sister was like, oh, that's him. And then he proceeded to do the worm. Um, so, yeah. So that was one of my dating experiences. Um, let, let's talk about a new one. So new guy. Okay, what are we going to call this one? 
uh, I'm trying to think of like a random Dave. We'll call him Dave. I meet Dave dating app. I think it was Hinge. And he went to a great college. He played football, worked in the medical field, tall, again, everything you want, you know? So we went on a few dates. He acted as if he was madly in love with me, you know, telling me, you're amazing. This is the best date I've ever had, blah, 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 blah. We go out a second time, a third time. On the third time, he introduces me to all of his coworkers because they were doing like a happy hour type of thing. So me being the hopeless romantic that I am, I'm like, wow, he must really like me because he just introduced me to all of his coworkers. So then we go out that night. We go back to my apartment and I won't have sex with him because I'm just not that type of girl. It takes more than you introducing me to your coworkers, you know, like you have to earn it. And I never heard from him again. And I think his intentions obviously were pretty clear. He obviously just wanted to get into bed and it didn't happen. So he left me. So, you know, after someone ghosts you, it's kind of this weird thing because you don't know if they're ghosting you. You want to try to reach out to them just to give it one last shot. So I think I reached out inviting him to like a bar that I was going to and he just like didn't answer. So I'm like, okay, ghost it is. And I was kind of disappointed because I too felt like we were really getting along. So then slowly, this is called zombieing now. A zombie is a ghost that dies and just keeps kind of coming back. Slowly he starts inserting himself back into my life. You know, you get the Facebook request. When it's like, keep in mind, it's like 2019. I'm like, you know, we have Instagram, but for some reason, they always choose the weird freaking platforms. So I get the Facebook request. Then I get the LinkedIn request. Then he adds me on Snapchat. Then a few months later, you start getting a random rogue Snapchat. And like the Snapchats were always just like him having a beer, him drinking a view of a sunset, whatever it may be. And then one day I got like a shirtless selfie type of situation that was pretty revealing. He had pants on, but it was obviously revealing. He maybe had like briefs or something. And I just didn't answer because I'm like, screw you, dude. Like you, you ghosted me. So then I'm at the doctor's office in a hospital um, getting an x-ray of like my hip or some random thing. And I'm looking like shit. I'm not feeling well. I'm, I'm feeling sad that I don't feel well. So I'm in the hospital. I'm in the elevator wearing like a baggy sweatshirt and leggings, no makeup, hair up. And the elevator doors open at the hospital. And as the doors open, who is staring? To, guys, this was a scene from Grey's Anatomy. He was wearing scrubs because I said he works in the medical industry, wearing scrubs, standing across the elevator, open door, and he looks up and he's like, Alyssa, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? And then all of a sudden the doors (laughs) just shut and they shut and I'm like, holy shit, that is the guy that ghosted me. And it was just like, fuck my life. Like I look so bad. He's hot in scrubs. And guys, it was just a nightmare. Like it was just one of those things where you're like, not today, not today. 
So then ever since that, again, he would pop back up with the Snapchat, with this, with that. Sometimes I would Snapchat back if I was just feeling like flirty or whatever, but it would just be, again, like a sunset, a drink. Fast forward to the pandemic. Oh my God, guys, drink. (laughs) Fast forward to like six months ago, four months ago. I'm sitting at my shore house with my friends because we were quarantining there after a wedding and I get a Snapchat from him and it is a graphic penis photo. Like not just like it wasn't the bare penis. It was in his um, briefs. Again, I don't know what is with the briefs, but it was like the outline and he was like holding it and it said something. I forget what it even said. And I was so disgusted because I'm like, I don't like, it's been like two years, a year. Like we don't talk for you to just like send me this photo. So I was just feeling sassy. So me and my friends, (laughs) we concocted this plan. I was like, guys, I'm going to send him back a fake nude. I was like, what we need to do is I'm going to put like my elbow together and where your elbow creases, it kind of looks like a butt crack. So I creased my elbow together and took a picture and it looked like a butt crack or like cleavage (laughs) and I sent it to him and I just I forget what happened I don't know if he thought it was real or whatnot so he responded and he was like oh not gonna like send me something more back and I just wrote back I said I don't talk to people no I said I don't send pictures to people that ghosted me like I just called him out And he was like, ha, ha, ha. I don't remember it going down like that. And then proceeded to send me another photo. I'm like, this guy, something's not right. Like, what about my messages indicates that I want to keep receiving these photos from you? So I blocked him. And um, I think nothing is more humiliating than sending someone a sexy photo and them not reciprocating or not even responding. Like, how embarrassing is that? He's blocked. I mean, keep your penis to yourself. Like, I didn't ask for this. Okay, and then my most recent situation was a quarantine love interest. Um, he was a long-distance lover. Let's just say it like that. It was one of those virtual, we can't see each other because of the pandemic. And it was like Romeo and Juliet. Well, maybe not, but anyway, I'll talk about it a little bit more in my interview with Devin Simone. We get to it at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned for that. But this is what I'll say. He was dating three girls in three time zones, one in California, one in New York, and one in the United Kingdom. And I don't know how you do it, man. I mean... It's just crazy. He was full on with all of us, staying up until 3 a.m. to talk to me. I mean, just crazy shit. And then this is the best part. So when I tried to end things with him because me and his ex-girlfriends formed like a John Tucker must die situation where we all realized that he was playing us. So we all were like, okay, see ya, dude. I said to him, I almost just said his name. I said to him, Frank, I'm just going to use Frank for all the men. Frank, look. You know, I talked to your ex. It's not going to work, bud. It's not going to work. He tried to turn it around to be like, yeah, you know, I really don't think we should talk anymore. I'm like, 
I literally said to him, word for word, I was like, you are not allowed to end things with me. I am ending things with you. You freaking sight. Like, how are you going to turn it around on me? Next day, I'm blocked on TikTok. I'm blocked on everything. It's like, uh, you hurt me. I'm so confused. Why am I the villain here? So that was my most recent situation. Again, we're going to get into it with Devin because I believe he was a narcissist. And, you know, people throw that phrase around a lot like, oh, you're a narcissist. No, guys, it's like an actual clinical diagnosis and it's actually pretty serious. And I'm sure some of you have dealt with people like this and you might not even realize. So definitely stick around to listen to that. And then before I do get into my interview with Devin Simone, an incredible dating expert, I have two PSAs. One, if there is any man listening to this, which I really don't think so, there's maybe one or two and the rest of you are women. If you're a man and you're going to DM me and try to hit on me through DM, I need you to do two things. If your profile is private, I need you to disclose your age and disclose your location. Because if you're messaging me, from San Diego, California, and you're 21, like it's not happening. But if you're, you know, in the tri-state area and you're near my age, maybe we can make something work. And then my second PSA is that you need to stick around to the end of the episode after my interview with Devin because we are getting into so many things during the Spill the Tea segment. The The topics today are piping hot. I'm sharing my thoughts on the Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere, things that I'm loving. I have so many opinions this week, so I really want you to stick through to the end. And then my final PSA is if you know dirt on people from The Bachelor, stop DMing me and stop telling me if you tell me I can't repeat the info. <laughs> So many of you message me and be like, I have the dirt on Clarendale, XYZ. Don't tell anyone. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this now? Now I just sit. I don't tell my mom. I don't tell my sister. I just sit in my room with this information being like, the world doesn't know what's really going on, but I'm not allowed to tell anyone. Or uh, Bennett from The Bachelor got some news on him too, but I can't say it. I'm swore to secrecy. So it's like, guys, I love the tea, but like you're putting me in a weird situation here. I'm busting at the seams. I just want to explain and and say all of these things, but I can't. But whatever. I don't know. I guess keep messaging it to me because it's fun to know. But okay, guys, I'm going to get into my interview now with Devin. She's so freaking incredible. I'm so happy I had a female woman, a black female woman on the pod because there's so many dating experts and they're all just like white men and like their advice is outdated and I just felt like her dating advice was so freaking spot on and I'm having her back for a part two because I'm obsessed with her. So here is the interview and I will see you after for the Spill the Tea segment. Okay guys, I am here with Devin Simone. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. So I actually asked my audience like right before this, because I had I had my interview planned. I don't like to usually tease who's coming on the podcast. But I was like, let me just see if anyone has any dating questions before we jump into things. When I say my messages are flooded. Like so many people have dating problems right now. And you're a matchmaker, correct? I am. I'm a matchmaker with Three Day Rule, dating coach. I've been in the dating game professionally for the last, oh gosh, nine years now. So yeah. Wow. I'm ready for your question. Yeah, so you're like the perfect person for this because I really wanted to have someone that's like a dating expert on the podcast because I'm single. I just turned 30 and I feel like I have so many questions, but what today made me realize is that everyone has so many questions and I was surprised because it wasn't just single people. It's 
people in relationships, people that are married. I feel like the coronavirus has just made everyone go freaking crazy with dating. It's the coronavirus is definitely like put a spin on just relationship dynamics yeah. in general. Um, and we all, I mean, we're all at home, so we have more like nothing to do. So, you know, we can more to fight. Yeah, about. we have more to fight about. <laughs> right. You're seeing your partner in ways you never thought you're dating in ways you never thought. So and it's something that connects us all like we're all breathe. We all breathe that like connects us and we all are either single or not. Like you, you yeah. literally are in one of the two categories. You connect with people in some way. So I think there's like this mystery around it and people always have questions. They really do. So tell Okay. So you were actually a reality star first. So fun fact about me, I love the challenge. Like I think it's the best <laughs> show ever. And I've seen probably 70% of the seasons but I'm one of those people that's like a in one ear out one ear like I read a book I can't tell you anything about it the next year so I feel like I've probably seen you on TV but I can't even connect the dots in my head but how long ago was that for you yeah it's you know it's hard for people to connect the dots or it's sort of random because I've been in so many things so random fun fact my first show was actually a show called TR Girls on MTV which is way back in the day oh. I was a pageant coach because I used to do pageants and then I was on Real World uh, Brooklyn uh, which aired in oh god so long ago 09 and then I was on two seasons of the challenge uh, the challenge battle of the seasons and the challenge free agents oh. and now I host the after show for the current season of the challenge uh, double agents that's airing now and then I've done other stuff like Wendy Williams I'm on there regularly Access Hollywood E! News so People will come up sometimes and they don't know or they think they they're like I know you and I know you they from can't somewhere. place and it, it yeah it's like because it's I've popped around a lot totally of honestly that's the best best way to do it and like the people that make careers after being on a show are the people that are doing it right because they're like capitalizing yeah because so. it's hard I mean we had a dating show I had a dating show I co-created and co-hosted on TLC called Love at First Swipe so uh-huh. my co-host and dear friend is Clinton Kelly who used to do a show called What Not to Wear and The Chew we're really good friends I love him um, and we came up with a dating show helping people basically I was helping them with their dating profiles because they were a hot ass mess he was helping them <laughs> with their clothing styles because that was a hot ass mess so we created Love at First Swipe that aired on TLC too and that was a, a few years ago that was perfect because I I got so many questions on like dating profiles and stuff. So I have some of my own questions. And then usually I I do the segment called Ask Alyssa where I jump into like three questions with my guests where they help me answer them. But because I got so many questions, I'm thinking like we'll let majority of those be our conversation because they're such good topic starters. Um, So first, what I'm just wondering for myself is like, what do you think people are currently doing wrong in dating? Like that's, in the pandemic, that especially. Is, that is such a huge, that's such a big question, open question. I know. What do I think people are effing up with in <laughs> dating in the pandemic? Um, you know, there are a couple mindsets. And look, I get dating in the pandemic is not ideal and presents its own challenges. I think if someone really wants to find someone special and find a relationship, I think completely giving up during the pandemic is wrong. Uh, oh. As in as a matchmaker and at 3 Day Rule, the company I work with, we've actually seen uh, the highest we've had like the highest interest ever in terms of new clients in terms of people even enter our pool or our database which you can do for free by the way um, so that means that everybody's kind of on the same page and that guy or girl that had a full life that you'd regularly 
otherwise be attracted to who would probably be like traveling or meeting with friends and working their asses at home just like you are. So like now is actually the perfect time to try and connect and definitely before the world goes back to normal because my theory is there will likely be a rubber band effect. So like if you've ever been grounded or had tough parents, it's like you're grounded and as soon as you're free or like if you grew up in a super like protective household and then you went to college and you know like you know what happens when you go to college, you like while out and you're kind of like, I'm free for a while. So I predict that will likely happen when the world opens back up. (laughs) So I feel like you probably should try. But if you've started something now, it can certainly carry over when the world opens back up. But if you're like, I'm not going to date at all until everything's open, every like good luck with that. Cause I think there's going to be a period of people just serial dating and kind of partying and like going out and just like doing all of these things that they're not going to really be focusing on you. Wow. You're so right. I think I took the approach when the pandemic first started where I was like, I'm going to use this time to work on me to like fix what, you know, everything that I'm going through, because, you know, you do want to be the best version of yourself when you do start dating. Right. So I think that was great for the first like six months or so. But now I'm kind of in this like rut where I'm like a little, I'm feeling a little discouraged because people on the dating apps like I feel like so many people are relocating out of the city they are yeah yeah so it's like I don't even really feel like the caliber of people that I'm finding are the people that I'm like looking for or I'm just getting discouraged but I do agree it's like such a good time to actually connect with someone so instead of looking at looking at it as though the people that you would want to meet are moving outside of the city they are I'm not saying they're not but they are (laughs) but you can look at it as there's especially for women there's less competition inside of the city because Mm -hmm. dating in New York for women is just like we're in 12 cities nationwide three-day rule the demographics of dating in New York are just my it is so much harder for women here than anywhere so if anybody's ever thought that it's true um but the good news is you don't need thirty thousand men you don't even need a thousand or a hundred you just need or a girl like you just need one great person and so you can certainly do that and yeah i would and you don't have to just use the apps like social media is where it's at like i have a problem with social media because as this is interesting too i'm curious to get your perspective as someone who has followers i feel like i'm attracting a lot of the wrong type of person because they see my social media and that usually the type of person in my experience Mm -hmm. is someone that wants to be with someone who has notoriety or followers but is you because it sounds though like you're talking about guys who approach you on social media that or they see me on a dating app they'll look me up yeah exactly so you're waiting for guys who come to you so statistically there are studies that show that people tend to aim up particularly men so if you've ever been on a dating app and you feel like you're getting guys that maybe aren't quite your vibe it's because they shoot their shot high and so the way to counteract that is you go for it so you on your profile like you, that the fact that you are such a visible figure girl use that to your mf and advantage okay <laughs> and it doesn't this. mean you're like chasing them it is literally the modern day version of the handkerchief drop so back yeah. in the day women would walk by if they saw a cute guy they dropped their handkerchief so that he could pick it up and so he felt like he was being chivalrous and like came after her but really 
she was playing the game to get his attention. Totally. You, and especially because you're verified, but even if you're not, like for any any person, use your social media. Like make sure it's aesthetically pleasing. Like don't have crazy ass photos of yeah. you busting it open or photos <laughs> of like like fart jokes that aren't just like, if that's your thing, fine. But just like keep that in mind. But it's your new calling card. And then any person that you like, so I don't know if you're into guys or girls or what. Guys. But okay, so say a guy you like, um, if you see a profile, maybe you see his avatar, but you can't see the profile because it's uh, hidden or private, send him a friend request, a follow request. He'll either accept, if, if he accepts, you don't like what you see or you see as a girlfriend, unfollow him. Not a big deal, yeah. he's gonna care. If you do like what you see, if he posts something in his IG stories, that's really where it's at and just do a little comment on what he said because then it's not thirsty. It's a handkerchief drop yeah. of just like, it could be stocks investing. You'd be like, oh, like I've wanted to learn that or it could be something funny and you'd be like, I Okay, so I'm not, I'm not scared to DM. Like, I'm the same way. I approach people in the sense of, like, I'm just that type of person. I go after what I want. Like, yes. that's how I'm, yes. I am in business. That's how I am in life. If I see a hot guy, I'll DM him. Like, I'm actually not nervous to, but I just, I guess, because all of the no, quote-unquote normal non-influencer guys are private, mm-hmm. I have a hard time. That's being, why you friend request them. Yeah. That's why you friend request them. But what if I look sketchy then to their you wife don't or look, girlfriend? Then you've unfollowed, like, if they have a wife or girlfriend that is that insecure, that's their problem. Yeah. Also, they won't, add, they won't add you or accept you, and it's not that you're coming out of the gate. Again, this is the handkerchief drop, so you're not like, hey, you're fine, let's go out. True. You're not like, hey, you literally, again, everybody's on social media now. Everybody's kind of just like poking buttons and saying hi and like do it's not really a big thing and when you see on his page like you may if you see that he's with someone then you just unfollow like literally it's like not even the biggest deal ever but if you don't see any signs then you commenting again in his dms specifically about a thing so that way it's not publicly on his page Mm -hmm. you commenting about that particular thing is nor like it's no different than being in a coffee shop and someone gets your favorite drink you're like oh yeah that's really good or you asking yeah. someone like oh do you like this cookie or that co-? like so true being, it's not a big deal i love this advice i feel like this is the the push that i needed it, good but okay so i have one more question of course and i don't know if people listening could relate to this but i still think it's important in terms of just your job in general so because i've had this problem with people thinking I'm an influencer I purposely make my dating app profile pictures not my influencer photos yes because I just feel like that's weird yes I try to make cell phone pictures whatever mm-hmm. job title so it sounded when I was running my own business before I got this job I was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. it sounds kind of douchey to say that but I rather put entrepreneur than like blogger or yeah. influencer yeah. shows that I'm like business yeah. minded yeah now that I work here mm-hmm. this is my biggest struggle now I work at a sports network that is followed by yes millions of men yeah that is going to get those thirsty people yeah that's going to grab it's their also attention. cool af get it girl but my point is Am I attracting the wrong people if I put that I work here in my bio? Yeah, I probably wouldn't put it in my bio. That's what I'm saying, right? I wouldn't put it. But, and also, because what's great is, so you don't put it in your bio, and then it comes as, like, a sexy-ass cherry on top. So you attract mm. the guy or whatever. So, like, when as someone sing, who's also in the public eye, also given the nature of what I do, um, 
when I like experimented with having pro because I also even in relationships would have dating profiles for the nature of my work so never in a yeah. sketchy way but just like to see kind of because they change all the time mm. and like the Research. algorithms and yeah <laughs> trying to like figure out um I even used my my partner at the times like had him make one that I could like <laughs> use so I could see what it looked like on the other side um but then as a single person in doing that again I am in the public eye I'm googleable like there's like things um so similarly and I so I wouldn't put what I did, I would do something like really general um, and wouldn't put sort of what I do or where I am. But once I was communicating with someone very quickly on, I would say, okay, hey, by the way, I actually used a fake name even because I, mm. my name sort of spelled uniquely and yeah. like one Google and you would just find That's a bunch of I stuff. That's how I feel. Like I try not to put my last name. I yeah. try to put like minimal info. I put a fake name and I put actually all of photos that were on my Instagram so I could sort of play it off that it wasn't me. And then people who saw it and knew me thought it was a fake profile and reported it like a bunch of people thought it was fake and so now they would like wanted me to verify and now I'm just like okay I'm not doing that but um you it's it's it just adds layer because it's cool because it's not you're coming out of the gate with these cool things about you it's like he's already attracted or drawn and you're like oh yeah by the way mm. I'm this this and this and so anytime you can add to those layers instead of like you want to put your best foot forward but leave like a slightly you want to put a really good foot forward yeah. and leave your slightly better foot actually 100%. behind. And, and also you seem more humble. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, at the beginning of the pandemic. I matched with this like really hot guy and his name was like whatever it was. It was like, um, you know, like TJ or mm-hmm. AJ or it was like initials. Yeah, kind yeah, of. yeah. And I was like, interesting. What I didn't really think anything of it. A lot of people have names that are two yeah. letters like that. And um, when we got to talking, his real name was, like, the first initial. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, a renowned, like, heart surgeon. Oh, wow. That's awesome. (laughs) But he didn't put that on his. Yeah. he said none of it. And I was like, oh, even hotter. So it is kind of true. Exactly. Exactly. Like, the (laughs) build up to that, yeah, is great. Um, Okay. So let me just ask a few more questions, and then we'll get into the questions from my listeners. Do you – Okay. This is kind of a me thing. I have always felt like there's a misconception with people that seek out a matchmaker. In my head, and this is like a me issue, I'm like, eh, if a guy's going to a matchmaker, he's probably super desperate. Could you debunk that? Is that true? Like, why do I have this notion in my head? And should I not have that notion? Like, maybe matchmakers there to go. If someone went to an accountant, would you think they couldn't do math? Mm. If someone ordered takeout, would you think that they could never cook? If someone had their laundry sent out, would you think they were too dumb to operate a washing machine? Wow. If someone smart. hired an Uber, would you think that they didn't know how to drive? You're or would so you think right. that they're smart because they're efficient with their time and they could be using and they, they, they make enough money that they can also afford to like mm-hmm. do that? I don't know where this like stigma comes from. It's because it's old school and because the I, most people school. think of matchmakers as these old yentas who are and it is sort of like a last resort, although it depends on the culture, too, because culturally, like in the Jewish culture, uh, even in some like, um, you know, Asian communities, it's not a, like it's been they've been doing that forever and it's actually like not like weird but I think particularly to just like in America it wasn't as common and you think of this old sort of like woman like nosy woman yes and like we are not that or you watch like a uh, millionaire matchmaker we are not that so we are a team of relatively young women um there's about 40 of us uh we work with people of all ages I've had clients in their mid-20s who are hot successful cool we've had clients whose names you would know like who have no problem getting dates men mm. and women like you'd absolutely know them we've had Victoria's Secret models we've had um people I think the oldest guy was 80 he was like a, a oh. widower yeah and so 
and everything in between. And really, there's a couple values. Like, it puts you ahead of the game having a matchmaker, a matchmaker like us. So, one, it automatically sets you apart because you're having someone do some screening for you because people look for things that are measurable, particularly on dating apps. We've been conditioned to do that. The things that are easily measured are actually not the indicators for a good, lasting relationship. So people miss out on great partners for themselves because they're like – looking at a couple photos thinking can I marry this person or not and that's just like a reach we are very adept at interviewing people getting to know people and and kind of connecting the dots in that way and we polled our couples and 47 percent said that the person that ended up being the love of their life that we've matched them with is someone they likely wouldn't have chosen initially on their own so it's like look if what you've been doing doesn't work I'm all about creating as much opportunity for yourself you'll also grow because we get feedback not only from you but from your dates so if you find you're stuck in some patterns like why not hire an expert right like if you have one singular job sure you can use basic tax software and do it for free there's nothing wrong with that i've done that for years this year however i have to get my ass an accountant why because i have too many jobs too many income streams it's a lot of things it's not worth my time to learn it it's better for me to have someone who like knows and does that they're going to get me the best experience possible this is the same way all we do is eat sleep and breathe analyzing people meeting people connecting with people and connecting people and so if you're like a busy professional or just you keep going out with the same type of guy or girl dude Spend a couple grand, hire somewhere with someone where like that is their thing Mm -hmm. and you'll find that you'll be less stressed about it. You'll have a better experience. You'll learn a lot about yourself so you can have a better relationship in the long run anyway and you'll meet some bomb ass person that there's a good chance you might fall in love with. I'm sold. That makes so much sense. I think when you break it down like that, it's, I think the feedback thing is good too. Like for example, one thing that probably I would give myself feedback on is I'm such a Capricorn and I'm such like a workhorse that I feel like and because I do have a different type of job people are inquisitive so they ask me a lot of questions and then I'm like why do I feel like I'm on an interview yeah like I feel like now I'm just explaining my job or trying to prove that I'm smart because Mm -hmm. they think I just take photos for Mm -hmm. a living Mm -hmm. and sometimes then at the end of a date I'll be like why did we talk about work and I'll think about it and I'm like you know he was asking me the questions but Maybe it's on me to like change yeah, you the can, conversation. Yeah, you absolutely can do that. And so we talk about like conversation starters and how you can kind of like they could literally ask you the weather, and I can show you how to in that kind of question on whatever it is you want to talk about, like about yeah. investment stocks or whatever. Like I like you can absolutely spin it to wherever you want. Not that you're not being honest, but you sort of lead the story um, because they may be nervous. They may be just be asking these kind of pre these questions mm-hmm. that they have preset in their mind. And if your default answers are work related, then you both get stuck in this rut where yes. like you don't really want to talk all about work. He wants to know other things about you. Both of you are like on autopilot and it keeps going like this way. So there are absolutely tools to do that. And a good matchmaker will give you those tools and help you like figure that out. It's so cool. It's literally like having a coach. I, it is. That's I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Let's get into the questions. Like I said, there's, there's a bunch. Um, this one is interesting because it's not specific to dating but it's kind of specific to like where I am in my life it says as a fellow 30 year old queen how do you cope with the pressure society puts on us now that we're 30 and single slash childless I understand that things happen for a reason and I'm not even looking necessarily for a partner before I learn to love myself but I feel so much pressure from not necessarily friends but acquaintances colleagues society in general 
The next person who says that I should start thinking about settling down soon because I'm not getting any younger is going to get punched square in the nose. Why is marriage and children the poster for success? Oh man, I so relate to this. I just thought as we were on the same age and both killing it regardless, I'd ask your opinion and get your thoughts. Yeah, so that's a really good question. And, you know, I was having a conversation with Clinton not that long ago, and he said something that was just like will forever kind of be stuck with me and I'm going to share it with you guys but you know he said so Clinton's married uh he's married to a wonderful man they've been together for like a million years and Clinton said you know sometimes I and his husband's a psychologist so he's like sometimes I feel not bad but just like a part of me goes out to women and particularly young women because they've always had this pressure or like this pre-written fairy tale that they're told they have to abide by and he's like F the fairy tale like you your fairy your fairy tale can literally be from this day forward you can choose for your fairy tale to be whatever the F you want it to be and it's not something that you even have to write all the chapters out you can wake up each day write one page of your fairy tale so maybe that is marriage and kids for you which is great and fine but maybe you know like I've recently come to the conclusion that I actually I'm not a thousand percent sure I want kids some days I want them some days they annoy the f out of me (laughs) um but also even if I do want them I know I don't want them the next couple years but I'm also realistic and I know that I'm 30 just turned 33 I know that um, you, you just can't be delusional about it. Like I know yeah. that at 35, there are certain things that it asks. So I'm making a contingency plan. I personally will likely freeze my eggs. So then it can give me a little bit of a break, like a, a buffer. Should I choose yeah. to have kids years later? But also because I'm writing my own fairy tale, like, yeah, I may be the old AF mom, but I think if I am ever a mom, I probably, that's cool. Cause it fits in my bigger picture of what I want. I may never have a, may never get married. And like, that's that's my like I am choosing that rather than this pre-made fairy tale that doesn't fit for everyone because if you think about it it doesn't actually even make sense because what you're doing for your career already doesn't fit that narrative of that pre-made fairy tale which yeah. may be why you're not there yet or why things are different and challenging and difficult so screw what society has said and I know that there will be days that that's easier to do and days that that's harder to do but you you have the pin it is your movie it is your story no one else is directing it and whatever you choose as long as it brings you joy yeah so if your career brings you joy if not having a partner and being single forever brings you joy cool you can absolutely do that and I see that with some of the great older women in my life my aunt my great aunt she's the matriarch of our family she's so like I want to be cool like her she's 70 but fly af she and her boyfriend which is like to society it's weird to say boy if she was married they you know Mm. they're divorced my cousins are all grown and adults now she's they've been together for like 10 or 11 years they're all but married but she doesn't want to get married again and he actually lives in LA and she lives in Kansas City and they see each other every month but like it so worked for the lives that they want it works perfectly so they don't need he doesn't need to give up his life and move to Kansas City she would like our family would fall apart without her like she moved to LA like Cool. She made that is her own. And and so I think what happens actually is what I've been hearing is that when people get older, they come to this realization. And unfortunately for us and for women, sometimes in this crucial time when we need to know it, we don't know that. So we're still yeah. clinging to or feeling guilty that. But let's take some of the wisdom from that older generation and and pull it into now which is like f the fairy tale you write your own whatever it looks like it's like making your own recipe you do you and as long as you're happy with the choices and you just are realistic of like give yourself room so again if if you maybe 
want to have a million great loves, cool. If you want to have one lifetime partner, cool. If you do think you might want to have kids, but you don't want them soon, maybe consider like, would I be open to adopting down the road? Would mm-hmm. I want to freeze my eggs? So then at least you just don't wake up and you have at 43. Yeah. And then you're like, oh crap, I like didn't make room for this. I do relate though to that sense of feeling like people think that you're not successful if you don't have a family or children or it's not successful enough. Right. And it's kind of like you do feel this pressure. I feel like sometimes when it's usually the older generations, people in their thirties, twenties, they don't care because they're all on the same page and everyone's doing their own thing. It's like my parents' generation and then my grandparents' generation where they're like, Oh, like poor Alyssa. Like, I feel like they almost feel bad for you. Yeah. And it's like, I'm fine. And you can't control their inner real success is joy, period. Real success is joy. And for them, they didn't grow up in a generation where it was prioritized like that, particularly for women. So they may not understand that. And that's okay because they love you the best way they know how. But the reality is, is real success is joy. So whatever brings you joy, follow that. Do that. Honor that. Don't be in a relationship just because it looks good to everybody else, but you're effing miserable. Don't like sacrifice yourself in some job or having kids because everybody thought that's what like that's their measure of success but you're miserable or unfulfilled because you only get to do this one time Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day like the only person you owe anything to is you and that is your joy so whatever that looks like if they can't see it they just can't it's just like a new song that comes out and they may not get it you know they don't know what watermelon sugar means like fine (laughs) you like it like it's okay if grandma and grandpa doesn't but just follow your joy and you've won you win and you've won. And if you want to be a little petty about it, you can post pictures about how joyful you are. But <laughs> just follow your joy. I actually love success is joy. Yeah. Um, okay. This one cuts me deep. This I relate to this again on a deep level. A man pursued me very intensely. He got my number through a friend, texted me first daily, planned dates, and introduced me to all his friends, then completely disappeared once I showed interest. What did I do? Um, this happens to me a lot actually where not a lot, but where I'll go on like a really great date Mm -hmm. and the, the guy's the one that's like, Oh, next time we go out, Mm -hmm. we'll do this. And then after, and then come meet my friends and all of these things, walk me home, like just really sweet things. And Mm -hmm. then ghost. And I I think what I've come to learn from my experiences, I think those people just have the wrong intentions and they want to get into my pants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I don't invite them up and yeah. I think they're like okay not gonna get it from her see ya yeah but this does happen to a lot of girls where these guys are the ones that are the pursuers and then they just ghost yeah what the heck there's a lot of context missing so it's hard to give a yeah. full a full answer but a couple reasons why or like a couple common things that I've seen so one of them is like love bombing, which is a term where like narcissists do that. I've right? also so dealt with that. Yeah, where they're just like, oh my God, you're so amazing. And they're really doing it for them, not for you. And then they lose interest and go to something else. And there's and and none of these things are you you or anyone else doing anything wrong. But just be aware of that. Yeah. So love bombing is one. Another thing is, is that I have found, and this is after I've interviewed thousands of singles at this point, many of them men, a variety of ages. So I'm fortunate in that I've been able to kind of just glean information over time you start to see patterns yeah and guys evaluate guys who are looking for a long-term relationship 
and are actually like serious and intentional, they are asking themselves four things about this woman. They're saying, am I attracted to her? Do I have fun with her? Do I respect her? Do we want the same things? If she's trying to date you, she's, he's automatically attracted to you. Um, you know, he's going to be analyzing in the beginning when he's trying to figure out how happy you are with your career or whatever. He's trying to kind of see what your vibe is and wanting the same things. Sometimes where we mess up is that we will either be too fun and amenable, like he'll have a great time with us, but he feels like he can get away with some things that he can't, like he shouldn't be able Mm -hmm. to, or he'll respect the crap out of us because we talk about work. He knows we're successful. He knows we're accomplished. We're leading with that, that we're independent, which is all great, but he, he doesn't really see where he can fit in. So it's not fun anymore and guys operate like light switches so they can be all in and the minute that one of those switches turns off it's like a circuit breaker then they're just like "Mm, wow not it but but there is a lack of emotional intelligence if someone cannot communicate that properly so if he just decides to disappear when he's already making these like actual plans or like saying we're doing x y and z and moving it along then that's the sign of someone who's likely emotionally inept which is the number one red flag for someone like that someone you don't want to be with in the first place and i i kind of notice when they ghost like that they leave the door open because they don't want to end things with you they want to come back they at want a, later a zombie time. Yeah, yeah they, they zombie. want a zombie they zombie they disappear and then they come back oh that happens to me yeah all people for like five ten years like they'll just come people from college like yeah they'll still just like every now and then just like yeah. keep the door open but if a lot of people are doing that to you Alyssa, then that means that we need to figure out why it is they think that they can do that with yeah. you well because i think they know i'm still single but even, even, but even then, there yeah. is something about when people know, like, it doesn't mean you will forever have, you'll be 90 and you will forever have dudes, like, messaging yes. you that, like, you knew from back when. Yes, exactly. But in general, if there is, like, a, a high number or, like, a rate or ratio of people mm-hmm. doing that, it means there's something going on where they feel like they can get away with that rather yeah. than them sort of being intimidated, like, I'm going to look like a fool if I do this because I know she's mm. not taking my ish. Because I'm kind of, like, cool to people until they give me a reason to, like, really not be. And then they know, like, don't contact mm-hmm. me. You know mm-hmm. what I Like, if it was kind of like we were dating and, like, I kind of also fell off too, then I also kind of keep the door open. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it was someone that I felt, like, crossed the line because I'm, like, very – I have, like, tons of morals. Like, mm-hmm. if I feel like someone did something blocked – like, I'm, like, you're dead to me. Mm-hmm. Because – then I don't want anything to do with you. Like, I won't answer. Right. If you keep a bunch of doors open, it's going to be hard to know the right one to walk through when the time comes. All the doors that are currently open, I don't want to walk through any of them. Like, you kind of, yeah, it's kind of like you just talk to them because they're around and whatever. But even that, but even that, Mm. when you, we have a limited amount of energy. I think it was Steve Jobs who said in an interview, part of the reason why he wears the same thing all the time is because he recognizes there's a limited amount of ability we have each day to make decisions even. Oh my gosh. And so he wanted to cut out one decision he would have to make every day so that he could focus on other things. The same is true with our energy. So even though it seems harmless to have a bunch of doors open because you're not really doing anything, you're not pursuing it. The reality is, is that any text back, any response, any look at is energy that could have gone to you recognizing another opportunity with someone who would have been better. So just be mindful of that when you leave a bunch of them open. It's almost like watering seeds. Even if you're like, ah, they're on the ground, like they're already here. There's still only so much water in the bucket. And so if you're even using a couple drops on these seeds, like you don't even like, you know, green tomatoes, but you're over here watering them and you are like taking away some of that from what could really be 
um, sort of like food for your soul in the long run. So just keep that in mind. Interesting. I also, okay. I feel like we're going to go so, we need to do a part two because I have so (laughs) many free, I didn't even get to any of my questions. And I recently had an experience with a narcissist Mm -hmm. and you mentioned narcissist Mm -hmm. briefly. Is this something you know a lot about? Because I am fascinated. I feel like my life has changed. I mean, I wouldn't say I know a ton, but I definitely know a bit and have been around narcissists and yeah I definitely because know a bit, now but I, by I, no means like a clinical yeah. anything to be able to now that I've experienced like what it's like to be like talking to a narcissist I'm like I feel as though I will never let the same thing happen again because like my eyes have been kind of opened mm-hmm. basically it was like the whole love bombing thing mm-hmm. which is when they just like shower you with compliments make you think you're the best person on the planet. Mm-hmm. They get really close to you. They're always available. They want to talk all the time. And then I never let it get this far because I like realized this before the relationship progressed. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But what his ex told me, because there was t- multiple exes involved mm-hmm. because that's how this person was. Um, basically what happens is then once you like let them in, that's when the manipulation begins. Then everything they built you up, Mm -hmm. they tear you down for. Mm -hmm. And thank God I didn't get that far because I was able to like, notice the bullshit like yeah. very soon yeah and was like i'm when out you say you notice i'm curious what were what was like an example of a sign that you noticed that you were like i said to my here. friend and like it's so funny because i'm very intuitive uh-huh. and i'm you can't like bullshit me but i'll give everyone a chance okay because if you don't give anyone a chance yeah how are you ever gonna know yeah, totally. so i said to my friend i texted her and i said either this guy is a con artist or he's the love of my life like it could go either way but what gave you where did you because i'm it was just, too good to be true Okay. You're that interested in me. You're that emotionally intelligent and that it was like it he was selling me the full fairy tale. Okay. Like and what? Like we're going to get we're going to or just like, like um so supportive of my job. So which again are all things that yeah, you want. Yeah. So you're like, "Oh, this is amazing." Yeah. To um contacting me a lot like it was really like progressing where we were talking all the time Mm -hmm. but again you're in quarantine and you're like they say when you know you know and you hit it off with someone but there was just little things I started noticing he had a lot of like enemies which is like is a narcissistic trait now that I've done research yeah where he'll be like oh yeah this guy I used to work with like he's a douche and I would be like I'm attracted to people that get along with everyone. Yeah. Like, that's a little weird. Yeah. There was, like, slowly little – or, like, he would talk about his ex, and then all of a sudden a new ex popped up that I never knew about. Okay. he was dating three people in three time zones. Okay. Like, uh-huh. psychopath. Yeah. So I started just noticing these things where I was like, either this is too good to be true, and it's like, wow, I found, like, the perfect human. Mm-hmm. Or he's a con artist. That's what I kept calling it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it turns out he was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I knew because his ex contacted me. Like just out of the – she um, – One of his exes saw my name pop up on his Apple Watch when they were in bed together. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. And messaged me. First of all, who wears an Apple Watch in bed, <laughs> that in and of itself says – He told psycho. her I was his lawyer. I'm Okay. Wait. Okay. <laughs> Rewind. Okay. So they're in bed together. Your name pops up. So apparently she wasn't an ex then or no. if she, yeah, she's so like then she's in. sending me messages of him telling her he loved her on Wednesday. It's Friday when I found, when she messaged me and then she contacted his other ex and the other ex 
was in LA, he was somewhere else, they couldn't be together because yeah. of the pandemic. Pandem- yeah. And the other ex is like, he still talks to me too. So then the three of us, it's like John Tucker must die. Yeah. Like we all <laughs> connect the dots. Yeah. And literally on the same day, we're all like, see ya. Yeah. Deuces. And that's like a narcissist's worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To and have so everyone saying, did he not like chase you guys down? Like I feel like because they don't like. He tried to make it seem like I, he was like trying to turn it on me. Like the I don't know lighting. if we could be together. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be with you. You like, yeah. I I said straight up. I was like, I'm out yeah. right away. Like, you don't need to tempt me twice. Like the second I see evidence, like, yeah. That's what I mean. I'm not one of these people that's going to be wishy washy. I don't care what feelings are involved. Like I'm out. So I basically was like, I'm done. And then he blocked me on everything. This fool. And made it seem like it was my, like I did something. Yeah. Yeah, freaking yeah. psych. Yeah. But now it's opened my eyes to narcissists, and I'm like, I feel like they can't be shut. If anyone ever love bombs me again, yeah. I mean, and and but be mindful of the fine line that, like you said, it's good. Like he should support your career. He should yeah. think put you think you're amazing. But he should exhibit some signs of his own self respect in the beginning of that, right? Where it's like you're amazing. I'm amazing too. Like we'd be amazing together. And also, like you said, just someone who doesn't have any sort of friendships or relationships like outside it, like that is, that was sign, the that's, like a, that's a big red flag if they don't have friendships, or relationships. Well, he was like, in t- he was like, he was into himself too, but he was like, together we're going to do this and yeah. we're going to be, and I was also very aware of the fact that like, I have a lot of contacts in the industry mm-hmm. and like, is this person potentially using me for my contacts Mm -hmm. so like they're just that was another red flag but I mean at the end of the day it's like I've now had so many friends who have also encountered narcissists it's it's more common unfortunately or like because so it's not so much a black and white narcissist thing there's like a spectrum and many people fall within it but it seems like people falling higher in that spectrum is 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 kind of pervasive or is definitely high or more common than people realize and and think it's it make as a person that trusts my gut so much mm-hmm. it really makes you question yourself yeah. because you're like even though I knew that's the thing like I know I I, I really did my gut was like mm. mm-hmm. but even even giving it the benefit of the doubt like I don't regret it because I'm never not going to do that right like I said even with friends like if someone kept telling me awful things about you but mm-hmm. I met you and I thought you were cool mm-hmm. I'm gonna be cool with you yeah like that's how I am and then you burn me and then I'll be like oh okay I now see you where know. you were coming yeah. from but yeah. I'm never not gonna give something a chance mm-hmm even against my better judgment. Mm-hmm. You just have to know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, as we all refine our skills on like emotional intelligence, so like you and yours, me and mine, that will certainly come in handy. And a thing to look for um, in, you know, if you're um, sort of skeptical about someone is looking for a level of emotional intelligence, which is because narcissists don't maintain that very well, for very long at all. So that means someone who, not only can manage their emotions, don't have like these extreme sort of swings or views about per- like even with the enemies thing. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't mean they get along with everyone, but it's not so and so is terrible. You know, like there's not yeah. just this. They can recognize even in past relationships. Like, what did you do to contribute? Not I was really great, even if their ex wasn't an asshole, which could totally be yeah. true. Like, what did you like? What can you do better? What are you working on to do better? And if they hit that with a wall, if they can't give actual like in depth answers, and the only way you're gonna know they're giving answers that are meaningful is if you have emotional intelligence yourself to recognize that but like that if they can't do that that is a clear sign to like 
run. And one thing I also noticed and like read up on a little bit is that they give you like, and this is a warning for people out there, right? They give you like 95% of the truth or like mm-hmm. 80% of the truth. So they're like, oh, I broke up with my ex. You know, I wasn't the best to her either, but she did X, Y, Z. And yep. then when I'm talking to the ex, she's like, yeah, that happened, but this is how it happened. And this is why. And this was his part in it. Absolutely. So it's like they're giving you the truth. So you feel like, wow, they're being honest Absolutely. to me. But they're covering their lie, yeah. their truths in a lie. Yeah. And that's how they, yeah, that that's is absolutely the, how they get you as they do. They manage. And that starts to go into being sort of like a psychopath a little bit too when it gets to that level, like where they're just, because they're so charming and they're, they do, they know how to like. Charismatic. Put, yeah, they're charismatic and they know how to like weave these things together. And so it's like, if you know, like I actually met, this was years ago, someone who was definitely a narcissist. And what was crazy is, so he had pictures with his ex-girlfriend, quote unquote, and that ex-girlfriend happened to have been the ex of my other ex. And, like, I had dated that other ex for a while. We lived together. So, like, I knew my ex was real. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and we lived yeah. together. And he was real. And wasn't a narcissist. Like, you know, it didn't work out. But, like, was a normal person mm-hmm. by, by all standards. And I knew he had dated this woman because we'd, like, talked about it once. And I had seen her picture. So then it was sort of like, okay, well, this guy must be normal enough because he dated Knows, this woman. Yeah. Who dated my other ex. Yeah. Who is normal enough but like to this day I still actually don't know how they know each other but there's clearly pictures of them together and so it's things like that though that made it made some of the things that were questionable seem normal you know what I mean where you're yes, like and this is like 15 yes. years ago but yeah where you're like okay well he must really be this or he must really do this because he was with this person that I know actually Exists. Is real and exists and da da da, but like you said, it was like cloaked in the truth. The lie was cloaked in the truth. So it's yeah. like it's really crazy. Yeah. I want to like one day really dig into it. Yeah, him, him, one of his exes. Like we kind of want to talk about it. You but should. this is my only thing. Like no one knows. I talk. He's also public. Okay, let me say that. Okay. I no one knows who it is. I could talk about this freely. No one knows who I'm talking to. Yeah, we don't yeah. follow each other. No one's yeah. ever going to find it out. She's tied to him, and oh. I don't want. Because do they have a kid? Uh, Is that why? No, just like they were public on social media. So the second she talks about an ex, people are going to figure out. And I'm not in the business of like ruining people's rep. You know, like he could be an awful person. It's not my job to like save other people or to come down on him. I don't know. I feel like karma, you show yourself. I'm not going to like take someone down. So part of me is like a little nervous to do that. But I would just love to talk just But you could be in in general even or maybe I don't know you like hide that it's her because I think it can be helpful to people and other women. Like I've certainly seen my friends get burned by this like in the past or just people or clients that have come which another reason this is why it's great to hire matchmakers because things like that are less likely to happen Uh because of our level of screening right. Um, But and just because we know people we get to know people so we, we see those flags and signs before for they're ever even introduced to you so then you don't that like doesn't happen I feel like I need um, but um, you're hired <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you can help a lot of because a lot of people go through this and don't know and it can you're a strong woman and like you said you got out early enough that it didn't necessarily it had a lasting impact and that your eyes are open but yeah. it didn't have this sort of like super weighty like damaging other you think two it's you are in therapy like they're right. like really affected which therapy is great by the way for oh anybody's yeah i'm but in therapy yeah, too yeah, but same. not but about like, this yeah but yeah but like yeah it can have like i saw what happened to one of my dear friends with this guy and like and funny enough it's like we actually wouldn't take him on as so after they broke up he came like not to me directly but to our company to like company. we wouldn't take him on as a as a client yeah, you're like, no yeah like i'd put notes about what i knew about what happened and 
yeah like it was it took and she's a beautiful girl smart all the things but i think it took even now i think there's still a little bit of impact it's been years because it's deep manipulation yeah it's they start gaslighting like if you don't cut it off soon they do they start to make you question your own reality and that's really dangerous so anytime you can sort of share the stories and anyone listening if you have stories feel free to talk about it openly because i think that just helps other people recognize they're not alone Mm -hmm. you can recover from this and also kind of what to keep an eye out on because it's you know it's there it really is i want to have you back a second time because like i said we didn't even scratch the surface (laughs) there's so much and like there's just so much to be said and you were so great where could everyone find you for your matchmaking social media all of that yeah the easiest places to go would be ig i'm most active there so that's devin simone devin with a y d-e-v-y-n uh and simone with an i s-i-m-o-n-e on insta and if you click the link in my bio which is uh directly to my website which is devinsimone.com but if you click the link in my ig bio or my twitter bio it'll actually take you to a page where you can um, click and sign up for my dating advice and it'll say dating tips on there the next option will be matchmaking so you can sign up to be in our free pool or you can even sign up to have a consult about potentially working together where we're actually finding matches like if you're in the free pool there's no guarantee you'll get matched yeah um but it's certainly better than doing nothing if you are working with us like as an actual client then we're being proactive in like finding people and sort of serving them up to you which makes life so much wait i'm definitely signing up at at the very (laughs) least for the free pool yeah yeah why not yeah absolutely why not um and again we work with men and women and and really cool ones and um yeah so follow me on there and uh you'll i usually post on my ig stories funny and random things but also other stuff that you can see like mtv stuff um access hollywood stuff and other just like I dating tips and advice you were so great um, thank you again you'll definitely be back this was so nice <laughs> so thank much you. fun thank you so much thank you it is time to spill the tea i love today's topics because i say this every week but they're things that i love so obviously i'm pumped to talk about it Okay, the first one is quick and simple, and you may have seen it on my TikTok or Instagram, and it is changing lives around the world, including my own. It is putting cinnamon into your almond milk or milk, whatever you choose to use, then frothing it versus putting it in after. Guys, I am telling you, I've been making these like lattes at home or chai teas, you, first of all, buy a frother. They're like $15 on Amazon. You, you can get like a little handheld one. You do is you just put the cinnamon straight into the milk, froth it. It creates this like cinnamony, frothy milk situation. So good. It gets mixed in so much better than any other method. Okay, the next thing I'm obsessed with is Temptation Island, you guys. I was trying to explain this to my friend Jill yesterday. It is the best show. It's basically four couples that are having issues in their relationship decide to go to an island. The fo- They split up. So the couple split up. So the four guys go to a villa with 25 single ladies and the four girls go to a villa with 25 single dudes. The people, the four people, well, eight, are in relationships, but the whole thing is called Temptation Island, so they're tempted by the singles. So it's like, are they going to cheat? Are they not? Are they going to stay faithful? And the whole show is like people hooking up with people, cheating left and right. It's like a freaking free-for-all. It is reality television gold. Um, Season one and two has already wrapped, so you can go back and binge those. Season three is currently airing. There's only one or two episodes out, but guys, you need to watch it, and we need to talk about it because 
I don't know why the show doesn't get more hype. It's like everything you'd want in a reality TV show. The only thing is I don't get who in their right mind would sign up for a show like this. Like, babe, I love you so much. Let's go on a show where we're going to cheat on each other and ruin our entire relationship. And maybe we'll make some money and get some followers, but we'll forever be known as the people that went on Temptation Island. So I just don't really get it. But whatever. Who am I to judge? I don't know. You know that TikTok saying? I would do it too for a check. Okay. Real Housewives of New Jersey, you guys. I'm dying. Okay. Um, it was a lot. I think it was probably my favorite premiere of any Housewife show ever, at least that I can remember, because it was so freaking insane. As background, I'm from New Jersey. Melissa and Teresa live in my hometown. So, like, this is these are my stomping grounds. These are my Jersey people. And the Teresa and Jackie situation. This is what I'll say. The reason why I sometimes don't like the Housewives franchise anymore or Bravo shows in general is because you get cast members that are basically not threatened, but they know if they don't produce drama, they are not getting signed for another season. Like that's just how it is. If you're boring, you don't come back. And I don't like it because these people believe that they need to produce drama in order to be asked back. And that's what I think Teresa did in this opening scene. You're telling me you're, you don't film for eight months out of the year. You wouldn't bring this up another time. You wait until the first time that you're filming the season at Jackie's husband's birthday to bring this up. That is a cast member acting as a producer. They're trying to produce their own storylines. And like, it seems so fake to me. It, it loses the whole reality part of reality TV. I felt this way for a really long time. And it's why sometimes I have beef with the housewives. So Teresa goes to this party. She spreads the rumor that Jackie's husband does stuff with people at the gym. Like, first of all, oh my God, I'm going to say it again. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> what kind of stuff is he doing at the gym? Like, I I don't really understand what she's insinuating. And if you're going to hook up with someone, you're not going to do it at the gym, you know? Like, yeah, babe, go grab those dumbbells. Let's uh, have sex in the corner. No, you're going to go to someone's house, go to a car. You're going to be sneaky. So I don't really even get what she was insinuating. But what I believe in my heart of heart is that she fabricated this rumor to create drama this is what I think probably happened I think someone at the gym was probably like oh my god Jackie's husband's hot I always try to talk to him but like he's always lifting weights and like he's just so cute and we strike up a conversation and Teresa took that as wow Jackie's husband's fooling around at the gym and she spun it and she knew what she was doing and she mentions it five million times at that party and then when Jackie confronted her you could feel the pain in Jackie's voice she was so upset and when rumors like that get started they are damaging and they got into the fight and Jackie said what she said about Gia and here's what I'll say if someone was trying to destroy my family if I had a husband and young kids I don't know what would come out of my mouth like I would probably say some mean shit to them so do I blame Jackie for what she said 
absolutely not. If this wasn't on camera, what she said would have been a fine analogy. That said, you do have a responsibility that you are filming a national television show. So when you say an allegation like Gia does coke in the bathroom at a party, even though it's an analogy, you do have a responsibility being on a platform that that now will be news and that will be spread and that will be out there. So do I think Jackie should not have brought Gia into it? I do. Um, If cameras weren't there, I do think it would have been a fine analogy. I just... I get what Jackie was trying to say, but I don't think it was clear to many viewers that it was an analogy. She almost said it so matter-of-factly that I got it was an analogy, but I thought there was maybe some truth. Now I realize it just was an analogy. Um, I do, however, I don't feel bad for Teresa because I think that is the kind of hurt she should feel to understand the lesson of this is how it feels to be in my shoes. That said, I feel really bad for Gia in all of this because she's 19. She didn't ask for this. She's not super active on social media. She tries not to get involved. And I just don't really think it's fair that her name is getting dragged into this. Um, So for that reason, I do wish Jackie would have maybe said something a little less harsh That said, I don't blame Jackie because, like I said, if someone was threatening my family, I would probably say, like, I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) Like, something that would end up getting me in trouble. So, like, I also get it. Um, So that's where I stand. And, guys, I mean, I think we're all kind of in agreement here that Teresa stirred the pot. And it wasn't cool for Jackie to say that. But we also get why she did. I, I think everyone kind of is feeling that way. And then, lastly... The other thing I am obsessed with, everyone asks about my nails. Like literally all of you. Oh my God, I love your nails. Where'd you get them? Where'd you get them? Guys, I've been doing press on nails. You buy them at the store. They're $15. You glue them on yourself. They last a few days. So much easier. You don't have to risk going into a nail salon because of the current climate. Trying not to say the word pandemic. And um, yeah, I think they're great. So try press on nails. You can get them at Dwayne Reed or, sorry, that's a New York thing, like CVS or Walgreens or your local drugstore. You could order them online. There's so many different brands. I've even seen people on TikTok creating them and selling them. So that is the tea. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Keep leaving those written reviews. Every time you guys DM me with such kind words, I just write, respond back and be like, I love you so much. Thank you. Could you please leave a review because it helps me get on the top of the charts. It helps me reach more people like you guys. And that way we can continue to grow the tea tribe. Do not forget that my merch is out. Everything is linked in my bio. I'll also link it in the episode description. So um, join the self-care club. Get that GEO merch and let's continue being BFFs. I love you guys so much. 